0: message to you this morning you can still go free it doesn't matter where you're at what chain you're bound by what prison cell you're in how long you've been there you can still go free this morning that's the message to you this morning walk out be free this morning amen let's talk to him now before we get into the word our gracious heavenly father lord lord how we love you today Lord, how grateful we are last night, Lord, when you came by, Lord, and you touched our hearts. But, Lord, we need you again today. Lord, I need you this morning, Lord, to come and speak and take control of this service. Lord, take control of the gift that you placed in my life, Lord, and speak directly to these people today. Lord, I pray you take us as you did that stone that day and guided it, Lord, right to, to, to the head of Goliath. That you'll take the word this morning it'll be directed laser guided right to every situation right right to every giant of oppression that's holding your people and lord may today your people find freedom in the house of god lord i pray that you'll bless your word bless your people that gathered now lord as, as we just lay ourselves aside and ask you to take control father in jesus name we pray amen and amen hallelujah it's wonderful to be in the house of the lord this morning If you have your Bibles and you would turn with me to Exodus, the second chapter, we'll read a couple places in Exodus, and I'll let you have your seat, and we'll read a couple more places. Amen. I just want to thank you for being such a, a wonderful audience to minister to. You know, it's sometimes the people sitting there don't recognize how much of a part you play. Um, uh, and, and, and you're a wonderful congregation to preach to the pool, and your, and your sincere hunger for the Word is a blessing, and you make it so easy um, for, for me and the ministers to preach here. You're wonderful, and God bless you very much. Exodus 2, verse 23. says here, And it came to pass, in process of time, can be something we look at a lot today in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried, and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. We're going to go down now to chapter 11 in Exodus, chapter 11, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Amen. You may have your seats this morning. We ask that the Lord would add his blessings to the reading of his word. We're going to turn over now to Mark, the fifth chapter. In the first verse, and we're going to read a couple portions of Scripture here, Mark 5 and 1 says, "...and they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains." Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. One thing that stood out to me as I read this is it said that no man... Can bind him and that was the problem all along is all these people wanted to bind him But Jesus wanted to set him free and the problem. He didn't need binding. He needed loosen and Jesus come to do just that we're gonna look one more portion Matthew 8 and 29 It says and behold they cried out saying what have we to do with thee Jesus thou son of God art thou come hither to torment us before the time And there was a good way off from them, a herd of swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. What I want to speak to you for a little bit today on is the plaguing of Satan. The plaguing of Satan. It's time. Amen. It's time for us to... to, to turn the tables on the devil as it were. What we know as we read through the scripture is that God's timing is perfect. God is not a God of time. However, he is a God of perfect timing. All right? we, we are as humans, we are time beings and we become anxious. And we expect things to happen at a certain time. And yet our God doesn't operate in, in that manner. He doesn't have feelings of well, when. When is this going to happen? He doesn't have those feelings. He doesn't have feelings of how. He doesn't have feelings of what if. Why is that? Why can God operate like that? It's because he is eternal, and he already knows the end from the beginning. He knew each and every one of you that would be sitting here today. He knew where you would sit. He knew what kind of troubles you would have this morning getting to the house of God. He, he saw the, the troubles and the striles and the little fusses and all that. He knew all of that. None of those things snuck up on him this morning. And not only did he know you would be here, he knew exactly what you would have need of from this service today. Aren't you glad today that there's nothing that sneaks up on God? There's no situation where he goes, oh no, what do I do now? He's already provided exactly what it is you have need of for your life today. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. So so God isn't worried today because he knows the how, he knows why, and he knows when. The when question with God is already settled. It's already taken care of. It's not a debate. There's no worry. There's no anxiety because there are special, appointed, predestinated times for all things. It's already been set aside. We, we as individuals have certain appointments with God for the things that we have need of in our lives. And that moment is already set. Genesis 18, 14. Is there any to, anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee. Hallelujah. Exodus 9, 5. And the Lord appointed a set time. Acts Acts 7, 17, but when the time of the promise drew nigh. So if you'll notice, all these things were already predestinated, set times that God already knew when it was going to happen. So there was no worry in him of when. When is this going to take place? And and look, these exact same things uh, apply to your life as an individual. There was a time that this message was going to cross your path. There was a moment in time where you were going to give your life to Jesus. It was time. And if you haven't done that yet, let me say it's time. It's time today to give your heart to the Lord. He's here today calling you. There was a time in your life where you were going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was time time it had reached the appointed time there's a moment where your healing that you've been holding on to becomes materialized and you step into it it's time for, for the for the fulfillment of that promise and God's timing once again is perfect timing When it becomes time for something to happen that God has set in order, there is absolutely nothing that is going to stop it because according to God, it's time. Not I feel like it's time. I've been holding on. It's time, it's time. But when it reaches the time, there is nothing, no devil, no demon of hell that is going to stop what is time to happen in your life. It doesn't matter how much he fights. It doesn't matter how much he hinders. It doesn't matter the struggle. When it's time for your deliverance, he cannot stop you. I say it's time this morning. I say it's time for us to turn the tables on the enemy this morning. When the time of the promise draws nigh, when the time of fulfillment draws nigh, I want to encourage you this morning that whatever it is you've been holding on for, for the return of your child, for the birth of a child, for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, for your healing. I say don't let go now. The time of the promise has drawn nigh. It's time for fulfillment. Don't let go of the promise now when we're right at the doorstep of fulfillment. The woman at the well had her time. The devil had done everything he could do. He had covered her up in sin and trespass and filth to where she couldn't even hang out with other people. He tried to keep her away from the well that day. He knew where Jesus was. He tried to keep her there. He tried to send her down this road. He tried to cause this distraction, but he couldn't stop her. It was time. It was time for her to be at the well. There was a set time. Mary Magdalene, there was a time for her deliverance. There was a moment. And I say today, it's time we step into our moment. It's time we recognize and we play the part. It's time this morning. It was time for her to meet Jesus. And because of that, their time running her life was over. Their time was finished. It's time. I believe there's seasons for everything. I believe that God lays things on ministers' hearts for a reason. I believe that certain ministers come by certain places in a certain time for a certain reason. I believe it's time this morning. I believe he showed up here this weekend because it's your time for what it is that you have need of. Not I showed up here this weekend. I don't amount to a hill of beans. But when he shows up, when he comes in the place, that's all. it Look, one moment in the presence of the angel, one moment in the presence of God, it changes everything forever. All you need is a moment. All you need is your time. All you got to do is recognize today, it's my time. It's my moment, and I'm going to grab a hold to it. It's time this morning for your healing. It's time for those things you've been holding back, for you to surrender and lay those things down. It's time to lay down your hurts. It's time to move on beyond those scars and those things that's held you back from being the Christian that you know you ought to be or that God's calling you to. It's time today to move on. And when the time has come, Satan can do nothing to stop it. In the scripture we read, it was Exodus time. It was time for the deliverer to show up. The promise, the time of the promise had drawn nigh, and it did not matter what Pharaoh put on the people. It did not matter what Pharaoh tried to do. It was time for the exodus, and there was nothing that Pharaoh could do to stop it. I say we've reached rapture time. It's going home time. It's time for the fulfillment of all things, and there's nothing the devil can do to stop it. There is perfect timing for everything. Our God is always working. The word would tell us that he is never slack concerning his promises. He is going to fulfill all that he has promised. We see there in the book of Isaiah chapter 7 that he said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive. And that would lay dormant there in the scripture for 700 years. Just laying there. Well, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? At the predestinated time. At the time set aside by Almighty God. But there did come a time of fulfillment. There came a day that there was a little virgin who was willing to step into that. And when the the angel appeared to her, she didn't go, No, I can't do that. Surely she said, Be it unto me, Lord, according to the promise. She was willing to step in and play her part. Just as we spoke about last night, there was a deliverer promise there in the beginning and every type and every shadow pointed to it. But there came a time of fulfillment. Man had lost everything and the law that the man had asked for had failed. They had not been able to keep it, but it was time for a promised redeemer. And then he comes and he gives his life there on Calvary. He goes down to hell. He rises again. He sends back the baptism of the Holy Ghost. What for? What were all these things for? It was happening because it was time for the fulfillment of all things there in the Old Testament. He fulfilled all of it. It was time that Adam's race, who had lost everything, would now have everything returned back to them. In Waters of Separation, Brother Branham says, And when Christ came to become man here on earth and be a kinsman redeemer, he redeemed man back to everything he lost in the fall. Christ restored it to him in the kinsman redeemership. When he died at Calvary, your health, your eternal life, everything that you lost in the fall, Christ redeems you to it, for he's your kinsman redeemer. Your health, your strength, and everything belongs back to you tonight through the Lord Jesus. He became kinfolk to take away sin and sickness. Everything the human race lost in Adam was redeemed when Christ, God himself, became kinfolk with the human race, redeemed it back to his maker. All that was lost he redeemed back again. He goes on to say, all things are possible to them that believe. We've got the untapped resources of God at our hands to display God. We are sons and daughters of God. When God made man, he made him a god. He gave him dominion over the earth, but his fallen estate dropped that. But when they lost by Adam, it was restored by Christ. He said, If you you say to this mountain, be moved and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you said shall come to pass, you can have what you said. All things whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive it, you shall have it. Amen. He restored to us all that was lost in Adam. God is depending on us. One more. He was the first one who, made, who had jurisdiction over everything in the earth, over all animals. He lost his power. And we're taught in the Bible that what the first Adam lost, the second Adam, Christ restored again to the human race. Then friends, if that's so, ministers, what's the matter with the church today? That's what I want to know. If Christ was the missing link between God and man, and he's come to hook God and man together again, then what's the matter today? He says it's because of unbelief. It's because, now why'd you read all that, that, that to us, Brother Aaron? I just want you to show that everything that was lost has been given back. I want you to know that today you're sitting in a place where everything Adam lost has been restored back to you again, and you do have the right to speak. You do have the right to stand on the word. You do have the right to take the words of God and put it on your lips. All was restored. Brother Branham said that Adam didn't operate the weed he would speak to the tree and tell it to move. He would speak just like the second Adam. And those things have been restored today to you to where you have the right to take it upon your lips and speak the word once again. And I say this morning, it's time that we begin to operate in that manner. We know that, that thing, those things were restored there at the cross, but once again, man allowed reason and doubt and unbelief to rob them of all that of all that authority and we go into the dark ages and there's a scripture that I will restore and I know I dealt with that last night but there came a time for the reformation to begin there came a time for justification under Luther there came a time for justification under Wesley there came a time for the restoration of the gifts there was a promise laying in the scriptures Malachi 4 there came a time for the fulfillment of that And Brother Branham came on the scene and he stepped in there to that part and I would say he did an awesome job. I would say that he fulfilled that well. He ran his race well. He delivered this message. He dedicated his life for it. But for what? For what purpose? For us to sit around and talk about what God used to do? for us to let us sit on a shelf in the form of tapes and sit on there as a form of books and to talk about it and debate it. No, he sent the message so that you could be the message, so that you could live the message, so that you could put it in action, not just sit around and talk, but you take the third pool power and you operate it, the third pool operating in men and women that have been restored back to the original. Third pool power in you. We keep looking for the fulfillment of things as if we play no part in that fulfillment. But it's time for you to play your part. The message is so full of power, and you have been given the authority to use it. It's been put in your hands. In my name, they shall cast out devils. Be it unto me, Lord. Be it unto me today. I will have a church without spot or wrinkle. Be it unto me, Lord. Let me play that part in that church. The works that I do shall you do also. Be it unto me, Lord. It's time that I step in and begin to play my part. Abraham and his seed. Jesus said, does it not say in your own laws, ye are God's? Why do you condemn me then? If your own law says you're God's. He was given a domain. The domain was the earth. The whole earth is groaning, waiting now for the manifestation of the sons of God. If I'm a Branham, I'm a Branham. I'm part of a Branham. And if a man is a son of God, he's made in the image of God, given the domain here on earth to rule this earth like God ruled it. And if the second Adam proved it, amen, he stopped nature. Peace be still, amen, cursed the fig tree. Certainly, he was a man, yet he was God. He was a manifested son of God. That's what we're to be one of these days. I say it's time. I say it's time that we take these things off the page. And we take these things and we begin to live them out. We begin to operate in what we've been called to operate in. God once again in flesh. God once again in his bride. Once again somebody on the earth saying I'm doing the works of my father. Brother Brown would say she has thus saith the Lord and she knows what he wants done with it. Well I think he wants us to debate this quote. I think he wants us to argue about what he really meant here in marriage and divorce. No, no, no. I think we've debated things long enough. I say it's time that we take the land. I say it's time that we cross over. He's already went beyond. He said the land is there. The land is real. There's the Holy Ghost in this land. There's healing in this land. There's deliverance in this land. Your joy's in this land. Cross over today and take the land and quit talking about it. The land is yours. It was put in your hands. It's for you. Created for you. Go take the land this morning. Put the word in action. Put it in action! Be it unto me, Lord! Be it unto me according to that word! Let me play my part! It's time! It's time to play my part! Demons that held the woman at the well, the demons that held Mary Magdalene, they met Jesus face to face. And I believe that once again, Demons are having to deal with God in flesh. Once again, they're meeting up with flesh that God is tabernacling on the inside of manifested sons of God doing the will of the Father. You have the power of the spoken word. Who? You. Look, I don't need you to see it in me. I don't need you to see it in Brother Ron. I don't need you to see it in Brother Andrew. I need you to see it in you. I need you to see it in you because Brother Ron ain't always going to be with you on the boat when the waves come. Brother Andrew ain't always going to be there with you. Brother Branham's already gone off the scene. Your favorite preacher ain't going to always be there with you. But I'll tell you what, you will always be with you. And so you need to recognize, I have the authority. I have the right to speak. It's been restored back to me. Peace be still. Satan, take your hands off. I have the rights to do that today. Hallelujah. But if there's something over the mountain that you've got to get over there to do the will of God, and you can't get over it, under it, around it, and yet something in your heart is telling you to go, you speak the word. Don't you doubt And maybe when you speak the word, one little grain of sand will fall. But it's on its road. The next day a spoonful may drop. The next day a teacup full. You'll never notice it. But if you will just hold steady, knowing that it's being done, after a while the whole thing will fall. Look, we got to quit binding it up. Brother Brown said in one quote, he said, It's time that you turn it loose. We got to turn it loose today. Time for people to quit binding up the moving of the Spirit. Time for people to quit putting God in a box. Time to put, put, quit putting God in the past or putting God in the future. I say we need to turn it loose today in our life. Turn it loose today in this service. Turn it loose today for everything that you have need of. Take your faith and turn it loose today. Let it loose. That same rock that killed Goliath, if he have just sat there and twirled it, and twirled it, and twirled it, it had never done one thing. But there had to come a time where he let it loose. And once you let it loose, God will pick that thing up and he'll carry it to its mark. It'll slay that giant. You'll have victory like never before, but you gotta let it loose today. Turn it loose, quit twirling it, quit talking about it, quit debating about it, quit doubting it, and let it loose this morning. TURN IT LOOSE!!! <laughs> HALLELUJAH!!! We saw in our opening scripture that it came to pass in the process of time Israel had sighed and cried by reason of their taskmaster and God heard their cries and He remembered His promise The book of Acts tells us that the time of the promise had drawn nigh. There was a promise of a deliverer in Egypt, and that time came for him to step on the scene. And that's what I'm telling you today, is it's time. We're here, but it's time to step on the scene. The prophet would talk about recognizing he was in a vision, but he had to play his part. He had to know when to step in, when to speak. This had to be in place, that had to be in place. I'm telling you, it's in place. Somebody has to recognize we're there. It's time for me to step on the scene and begin to do what I've been called to do. In Egypt, they had reached the time. Exodus 3.12, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. At this point, before he's even gone down into Egypt... The defeat of Pharaoh and the deliverance of of Israel is all settled. It's a finished work at this point. Because he's already told them, you're going to come back to this mountain and worship me here. It's settled. There's nothing else to debate about. None of it was uncertain. God plainly says, I've come down to deliver. I will send you. I will be with you. And you will come back to this mountain. It's done. It's a finished work. But it did not happen Overnight. He wasn't right back there a week later. He wasn't there the next day. Brother Brown says there was Pharaoh who raised up who didn't know Joseph. And that was the beginning of the beginning. That was the beginning of the exodus. Really? I thought the exodus was them leaving. It was. But that was the beginning. When a Pharaoh rose up that knew not Joseph. Joseph. And when that thing began to form, under a political power began to form, God began to get ready. The iniquity of the Amorites was fulfilled. The time that he promised Abraham was fulfilled. And the time of deliverance was at hand. So what we have to recognize and look at, and we can apply this to us today, is that the exodus was a process. There were struggles in the exodus. There were great burdens in the exodus. There were very difficult times during the Exodus. Don't allow the difficult times that are surrounding us, the sickness, the hardships, the evil in politics, the whole world going mad to distract you from the fact that we are in the coming of the Lord. We are in the process of the coming of the Lord. It has already begun. We're not looking for it. We are in it. The shout, the voice, the trump, The time of deliverance had arrived. Despite the struggles, despite the hardships, despite the impersonators, despite all those things, there was a word that was already spoken. I am come down to deliver. The promise was already spoken. Look, the coming of the Lord is a process. We are in the coming of the Lord. We are in the time of His coming. Yes, there are trials. Yes, there are hardship. There is mind battles and there is sickness, but there is a word already spoken. And despite Satan's best efforts, I will have a bride. There will be a rapture. You are that rapture. And there's nothing he can do about it because it's time. The time of fulfillment is here. It is now. We are in it. It's already spoke. You are the spoken word bride of Jesus Christ. You are victorious. You are overcomers. Hallelujah. The word has already declared it, and the time of the promise has drawn nigh. People think that the rapture or the coming of the Lord is a moment in a twinkling of an eye event. That's the body change in a moment of twinkling an eye but the coming of the Lord is a process that we are currently a part of so placing ourselves at this point and looking back to the Exodus what are we supposed to be doing at this point just before the Exodus how are things supposed to be operating how are we to carry ourselves what is our example of how we should operate at this point in history and sometimes i believe that we've allowed things to get a little twisted and allowed things to get a little bit backwards because we've allowed satan to convince us that he is in control of our lives because we are in his eden and that part is the truth this is satan's eden That's right. That's right. and so because he has control of satan's eden he wants to think you just have to bear this you're in my eden you're just going to have to deal with this you're in my eden no you're just going to have to do what it is i, I, I say i'm going to make you struggle The whole way. You are barely going to get in. You are going to be tormented because you are in my Eden. And next thing you know, you're saying, oh, I'm not a very good Christian. Oh, I don't have very much faith. I I mean, I believe, but I'm just barely getting by. I'm just barely making it. Where's that suit coat? Because I'm going to need that uh, handkerchief out of the pocket. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating down up here. I forgot to get it out. He makes you think you're barely going to make it in. But this isn't truth at all. Because the bride isn't a barely make it in kind of people. The bride is is overcomers. We are people that are going to overcome in this age. The truth is that you are on speaking terms again with Almighty God. The truth is that the pillar of fire is in the church once again. The truth is that flesh once again is taking the word of God and putting it on human lips and dictating rights to the enemy. That is what the truth is tonight. The truth is that Satan is the defeated foe. He's the one that's barely hanging on. He's the one hanging on by the skin of his teeth. You're the overcomer. You're the victor. You're the one in charge. You're the winner. Satan is cast down. That's the truth of it Listen I'm going to tell you We get so caught up in terminology And facts and whatnot. You can have every fact in the world And it be fact and it still not be the truth That's the truth That's also a fact But listen let me give you some facts Fact is I was a sinner Fact is, I was lost without hope. Fact is, I turned my back on the Lord Jesus. I'd walked away from this message. I lived the life of a ranked sinner. Those are facts. Fact is, the devil thought he had me. But the truth is, I'm a son of God. The truth is, my name was written on the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world. You can line up every fact and everything. But the truth is, I'm going to make it. The truth is, I'm going to rapture. The truth is, he paid the price. That's the truth. Oh, it may be a fact, I'm sick today, but the truth is, by his stripes, you are healed. That's the truth. That's the truth today. Hallelujah. The truth is, I've already made it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's the truth today. When God was made flesh in Jesus Christ, Satan's kingdom was tormented at every turn. Everywhere Jesus went, Satan was cast down. Every demon that Jesus faced was cast out. Death was defeated. Everywhere Jesus went, he tormented devils. And here we are once again. God in the flesh once again on earth. God going to work on Monday. God going to school on Monday, tormenting devils, not letting him enjoy his own eating. You are the one thing that's per, that's keeping him from having complete, total control. You think it's insane now? You wait till the bride leaves from here. You wait till we leave from here. What's holding it back? You are. Because God, God on flesh once again saying, no, you've gone far enough. No, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to bow down to your images. You can heat it up seven times hotter, but I'm going to stand. I will not bow to the images of this world because God in flesh once again is here tormenting and plaguing the enemy, tormenting devils. And the devil wants you to accept him tormenting you. That's not how Jesus operated. I never one time see Jesus going, I can't deal with this one. No, I'm about, no, you're right. I'm saying, no, sir. No, and absolutely not. And we, once again, Jesus made flesh on the earth, bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh, power of his power. We're not backing down either. We're not giving in either. We are to manifest Jesus Christ. You know, somewhere along the way, that got twisted too. That you're just supposed to love everything about everybody. You know, people get hung up on the love and forgiveness part, and that's part of it. uh, That's a big part of it. Lord, I needed it. And Lord, I'm still going to give it. There's no doubt about it. But some folks have turned it into some kind of hippie love where we accept everybody's little pet peeves and everybody's little pet sins and we're afraid to call it out because that's just how they are. Bless your heart. Listen, the same Jesus that ate with the sinners and the publicans and forgave everybody also cladded a whip. He also planted a whip and said, We ain't gonna tolerate that in the house of God. We ain't gonna deal with that. What happened to where we love people so much that we help them the way Jesus helped them? And we plant a whip and say, I'll help you get rid of that spirit. I'll help you get rid of that demon. Let's run it out of the house of God today. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need to plant a whip in the house of God. bless your heart. I'm so sorry that you just came over. It's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. And we have these little cliches that, well, I'll pray for you. Look, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know why I'm here, but here we are. Some people don't ever get deliverance from things because they don't want deliverance from things. They enjoy the petting. Look, some people are depressed and they want you depressed too. At least I feel like they do. How many of y'all ever seen Winnie the Pooh? I know, we don't watch nothing. How many of y'all have ever seen Winnie the Pooh? (laughs) We got so many Eeyore Christians walking around in the message. I tell you, nobody loves me pastor didn't call me. Oh, man. He's preaching two hours again. Oh, my goodness. Come on, Eeyore. Snap out of it. The sun's shining. The pillar of fire's in the house of God. We got something to be happy about. We got something to rejoice about. Come on, Eeyore. Get with the program. There's an exodus happening. Come on. Let's go. You can do it. You can make it. You're a child of God. I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> I ain't got no more cartoon references. so we <laughs> Yeah. Let's, let's move on before I keep it. How do we display the life of Christ? John 14, 12. The works that I do, shall you do also. It's time we recognize that Satan's had enough time in the driver's seat. He's had enough time tormenting you. He's had enough time playing the part of taskmaster, slave driver, tormentor, oppressor. Look, the devil whips on you every chance he gets. I'm telling you, you got the opportunity to whip back a little bit today. It's time for you to take the whip and whip back on him. The children of Israel were whipped daily. He was their tormentor. Pharaoh was their tormentor for a season. But the time of the promise drew nigh. The pillar of fire came on the scene. The word of the Lord came to a prophet, and it began to change who the tormentor was. It was time for Satan's kingdom to be plagued for a while. Listen, Moses stepped into that presence. I'm just trying to get you to recognize what authority you have. He came into that presence. That's different from what happens with us. Moses came into that presence. But under the blood of bulls and goats, that presence could not come into him. Moses comes into that presence. Moses had the word. You are the word. Let that sink in for a minute. Because that couldn't come in and dwell on the inside of him. Because he's under uh, the blood of bulls and goats. And yet under the blood of bulls and goats, he goes down to Satan's kingdom... And he begins to plague him. What are we supposed to do right before the exodus, brother Aaron? It's time to start plaguing the devil. It's time to begin to put things on your lips and call for what you have need of. That's what we're supposed to do right before the rapture. We are to plague his kingdom. We are to ruin his Eden to where it gets to the point that he's so sick and tired of it, he finally says, take your stuff, take your peace, take your joy, take your kids, and just get out of here. I'm sick and tired of you ruining my kingdom. I've spent years creating this Eden. I've got everybody bowing down. Everybody's telling me what I want to hear. They're caving in to the LGBTQ elemental P of all these things going on in the world today, but there's somebody that says, not me. I'll stand for truth. I'll stand for the message. I'll stand for what's right. I won't bow down to your image. I'll stand. He says, I've had enough. Just take your stuff. Take it and get out of here. Just leave. It's time to torment the devil. It's time to look him in the face and say, no! You've whipped me long enough. The children of Israel began to cry out. They'd had enough. They were tired of bondage. They were sick of their taskmasters, sick of fear, sick of depression, sick of anxiety, all the things that the enemy was trying to put on them, sick of losing their children. You had those like Amram that began to cry out to God, began to remind God of his promises. God loves to be reminded of his promises. He loves it in Amram and begins to cry out. Listen, we need some more Amrams Says, say, God, it's time. God, it's time. We're sick of being here. We're sick of this world. Listen, things were bad. Things are bad now, I know, but that's not our focus. But things were bad. Israel was tormented constantly, every day, all day. But I want to tell you that we were just on the verge of the tables being turned. Just on the verge of the, of the oppressor becoming the oppressed. The one who had done the whipping. The one who had destroyed their children, the one who had made them sick, the one who had made them captive, was about to have the wrath of God poured out on him. His kingdom was about to be plagued. And how was God going to do it? How was he going to do it? How is he going to do, do this? It's, it's just Moses. But see, the thing is, the word had already been spoken. The word had already been spoken all the way back with Abraham in Genesis 15. 13, he said unto Abram, Know a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years, and also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge. It's already been spoken. Look, Satan didn't know what he had coming to him. I want to tell you today there's been a word spoke over you. There's been prophecy spoken over you. And I just like to let the devil know today, you don't know what's coming to you. You don't know what's about to be poured out on your head. There is a people recognizing who they are, what authority they hold. They're not scared to take the word of God on their lips. They're not scared to take the whip out of the devil's hand and turn it around and begin whipping on the devil. Prophet of God says, sure, right here in the last days, a predestinated church, knowing where they're standing, sowed with the seed, the Holy Spirit in the church. Satan, be careful. He says, Satan, be careful. He don't know what's coming to him. Hallelujah. The tormentor is about to be tormented. How? How's he going to do it? God's going to come down, and God's going to thunder not how he did it God was going to use the lips of a mortal man to repay Pharaoh for every evil he had ever put on Israel under the blood of bulls and goats he was gonna take a man that was willing to stand there and speak the Word of God and repay the enemy listen the devil has not gotten away with one thing in your life he will repay every single thing he will recompense him time upon time. He has not gone away. And There's not a single trial. There's not a lost child. There's not a sleepless night laying on a pillow full of fear and anxiety. There is nothing he has put in your life that the Lord hasn't seen and said, we'll repay that. That'll be repaid. Listen, Satan has not gotten away with one thing in your life. And now the plaguing of Satan is at hand. How's he going to do it? You. You're going to do it. Oh, come on, don't let that choke you. You're going to do it. If Moses could do that under the bloods of goats, bulls and goats, what about you standing tonight redeemed under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect blood that wipes everything away? You stand tonight spotless as though you never did it in the first place. I say stand up and you call for the plagues and you call for them to be poured out on the head of your enemy. I'll not stop short. Oh, you can go, but not your children. No, sir, let me pour another one out. Oh, you can go, but you're going out sick. No, sir, let me pour. Plague you a little bit more. Oh, you can go, but you're barely gonna make it. No, I'm going. My family's going. We're all going, and we're going out full of the blessings of God. I'm not stopping short. I'll pour plagues out until you say, Go. Hallelujah. You're gonna have to speak. You're gonna have to recognize it's time. You're gonna have to step into the vision. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exodus 6, 6. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Now notice how he words these things. I'm going to do it. I will bring you out. I will rid you of their bondage. I will redeem you with stretched out arms and with great judgment. I will take you to me. I will be to you a God. You shall know that I am the Lord. It's all God doing it. Look down. Exodus 3.20. I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt. I will do it in the midst thereof. But now let's look over in Exodus 4.21. I'll let you catch up here. He's already said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Isn't that okay? How's he going to do it? And the Lord said unto Moses, when thou goest, To return to Egypt, see that thou do all those wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it through you. We're going to plague Pharaoh so much that he's going to kick you out, but I'm going to do it through you. I put it in your hands to take care of this. It's God doing the delivering. It's the power of God. It's his signs and wonders, but it's in your hands it's you that's going to show the enemy it's you that's going to proclaim it's jesus again he's here again in flesh the prophet would say in moses under the blood of that goat that sheep walked out there took that stick reached towards the east thus saith the lord let there be flies never heard a fly walked on back it's already spoke it's a thought now it spoke it's expressed it's the word of god then It come into human lips, a simple man under the blood of a bull. First thing you know, a green fly began to fly around. Next thing you know, there were five pounds per yard. What was it? Was the word of God spoken through Moses, the creator, because under the blood, he was standing in the presence of God. And his own words wasn't his word. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, then ask what you will. It shall be given you. Where's the church standing at, he says. Let there be frogs, and there wasn't a frog in the country, but in an hour's time, they were ten foot deep in places. What was it? It was God, the Creator, hiding himself in a simple man. I want to ask you something. If the blood of a bull or a goat be used for a bleach, which can only cover, could put a man in position to speak the creative word of God and bring flies into existence, why would you stumble at the bleach of Jesus Christ's blood who could speak a squirrel or something into existence? We read the Bible, under the blood of bulls and goats, he's speaking flies, he's speaking frogs, he's speaking the, the blood, the Nile turning to blood, and we don't bat an eye. But let a prophet speak about speaking a squirrel. and his, Well, come on now. Or let a man talk about seeing a vision. Well, come on now, that, that was for the prophet. You take away from the prophet when you do. I say it takes away from the message of the hour if those things aren't in the message. I say those are the very things that vindicate the message is true. I say that if you don't have dreams and visions in the church, then you're taken away from the scripture in Joel 2.28. The scripture said those things are going to be here. So I say they got to be here. If a man can stand there under the blood of bulls and goats and speak those things and torment Satan, what can you do under the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost? You can plague Satan. You can tear his kingdom down. You can speak destruction upon this this evil hour that we live in. You can do it. That's what I want you to get today. You can do it. God had come down to deliver Israel. He came down to show judgment against Israel. But how did he do it? Boy, you say that a lot, brother. Eric. Well, I've been teaching sixth graders for 15 years. Come on. I've repeated myself a lot. It's what I do. I repeat myself a lot. He did it in flesh. He did it through flesh. How's he going to overcome every single demon in Laodicea? Flesh. Every single one of them is going to be tormented by flesh. Exodus 7, 1, the Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. Then as a God, I say it's time we do God things. I say it's time we stand in our position and we put the word in action. I say it's time that a third pool people start to do third pool things. It's time that we operate in what he's called us to. So we know the story, and I'm going to move quickly now, how Pharaoh began to make things more difficult on them. After Moses said, let let Israel go, God has commanded you to let Israel go. And as we said, it didn't happen instantly. It didn't happen right there in that moment. The exodus was a process. But in so doing, Pharaoh began to make things more difficult. Right at the time of the exodus is when things got harder, when there were more burdens and more unbelief trying to get the people to quit. And he's pushing against some of you even today. Some of you even in the last week. In the last couple of weeks things have come against you. And it makes you wonder why even keep pressing. Why even keep fighting. Why is he doing that? Because you're right at the moment of Exodus. You're right at the moment of freedom. You're right at the moment of the rapture. And he begins to push. And he begins to push. Exodus 6 and 9. And Moses spake so unto the children of Israel. But they hearken not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. Listen, let me stop here for just a moment and tell you that the bondage of the enemy is cruel. Don't toy with it today. Don't play with it today. If you're somebody that's sitting on the fence and you're not sure if it's true and you've never had that experience with Almighty God, you don't want to experience the cruelness of the bondage of the enemy. As somebody who has experienced it and has the scars to prove it, I'm telling you there's nothing out there that you want a part of. There is nothing there but maybe some temporary joy for a fleeting moment. And then days and days of depression and days and days of regret and worry and fear. But I'm telling you, if you ever one time will just taste and see that the Lord is good. If you'll ever just give him an opportunity to change your life, you'll never be the same. And you'll never want to be the same ever again. The taskmasters of this world are very cruel. Upon being commanded to let my people go, Pharaoh replies, Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? I'm going to read a bit here. See, Egypt had many gods. And so what Pharaoh is saying when he says, Who is the Lord? Is, I have my own gods. Why should I listen to yours? Why should I obey your God? Who is he? I I, I want to tell you that was a dumb question because he was about to find out. He says, who is he? The Egyptians, like many pagan cultures, worshipped a wide variety of nature gods and attributed to their powers the natural phenomenon they saw in the world around them. There was the God of the sun, of the river, of childbirth, of crops, etc., etc., etc. So when saying, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice, Pharaoh actually made a challenge. Is your God more powerful than my gods? Is your God more powerful than me? Amen. The first plague, turning the Nile to blood, was a judgment against Apis, the god of the Nile, Isis, the goddess of the Nile, and Gnum, the guardian of the Nile. Pharaoh was told, by this you will know that I am the Lord. The second plague, bringing frogs from the Nile, was a judgment against Heket, the frog-headed goddess of birth. Frogs were thought to be sacred and never to be killed. God had the frogs invade every part of the homes of the Egyptians. And when the frogs died, their stinking bodies were heaped up in offensive piles all through the land. The third plague, Nats, was a judgment on Set, the god of the desert. The fourth plague, Flies, was a judgment on Uchich, the fly god. And this, the fly god. The fifth plague, the death of livestock, was a judgment on the goddess of Hathor and the god Apis who were both depicted as cattle. The sixth plague, Bulls, was a judgment against several gods over health and disease. The seventh plague, Hell, attacked Nut, the sky goddess, Osiris, the crop fertility god, and Set, the storm god. The eighth plague, Locust, again focused on Nut, Osiris, and Set. The later crops, Wheat, and rye, which had survived the hell, were now devoured by the swarms of locusts. There would be no harvest in Egypt that year. The ninth plague, Darkness, was aimed at the sun god, Ra. Who was symbolized by Pharaoh himself. And for three days the land of Egypt was smothered in unearthly darkness. But the homes of the Israelites had light. The tenth and last plague. The death of the firstborn males. Was a judgment on all the Egyptian gods. Including Pharaoh himself. What was this? God taking the flesh of a man. And making the gods of that evil age bow down before him. And say we have no power over this God. He's taken a people in this day, and when depression comes, when the gods of pornography and lust comes, there's somebody that says, I'm not going to bow down to that. And once again, God raises up and says, your gods will bow down at the feet of flesh once again, of God and flesh who will stand and make the gods of Laodicea bow down and will show they have no power over this God. Who is your God that I should obey him? Oh, he is Jehovah God. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the all-powerful and the the gods of Laodicea will bow down once again before him. He has rendered them powerless in this day through a people. The God of depression, the God of anxiety, the God of sickness, the God that comes and says you have to look at all this naked flesh. There is a people on earth that says, no, I will not bow down. I will be free. I will rise above it. We will be healthy. We will have our children. We will have our joy. Why do you keep saying those things are promises? You are supposed to have those things. Don't let the gods of this age have one thing in your life. He stood against those gods. And show that no demon power can stand before a, a, a man in flesh when he takes the word of God upon his lips. Amen. For the sake of time, I'm going to skip ahead and try to bring this down. That's where we're at right now. The time has drawn now. It's drawn now. It's time we stop waiting. This is how we fight our battles. By taking the word of God upon our lips. Red Sea Park. Depression in the name of Jesus, leave. Sickness by his stripes, I am healed. Taking the word upon your lips. Jesus constantly tormenting the devil, plaguing him. And in our opening scripture, we read the account of Legion from Matthew and also from Mark. Legion was a tormented soul. A prisoner, a slave, tormented by demons. Demons, a different type of slavery than what we've been dealing with with Israel, and maybe today you're not lost and out of your mind like Legion was. Maybe it's a demon of depression or something like that that's changed itself to you. Maybe a sickness that has attached itself to you. Maybe it's a spirit of fear, a spirit of doubt. Whatever it is, it's a cruel taskmaster that's been plaguing you and tormenting you. And we know that Legion would dwell in the tombs. And it said that nothing could tame him. He was completely bound by Satan. But I want to encourage you to know that wherever you're at tonight, my God hears the faintest heart's cry. And maybe one night he'd come to himself just long enough to say, God, help me. Maybe that's all there was to it. Maybe it wasn't some altar call. Maybe it's just, "Lord, help me. But it traveled down through miles and miles and miles to wherever Jesus was and he hears the heart's cry. Lord, help me. Lord, I need you. That was all it took. And he crosses over a raging sea. Why? It was time. It was time for Legion to be delivered. Why did he show up in Elkton, Virginia here today? Because it's time. It's time for you and for your deliverance and what you have need of. And those demons had chained themselves to Legion. That's what they do, they chain themselves. But see, that's a mistake. When you're dealing with a, the with a child of God. That's a mistake. Because do you think for one minute those demons would have ran up into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ on purpose? But the problem is they had chained themselves to legion. They had chained themselves there. They like to hide behind fear. They like to hide behind worry. They like to hold you back and exactly what do people think? Tell you today, if you got a need, don't let them hold you back today. Don't let them hold you in your seat today. Don't let them hold you in that place of fear, hiding behind. Well, what about this and what about that? Don't be held back today. Those taskmasters that want you to believe that they have control of your life, that you can't be healed, that you can't have joy, that you can't have deliverance, they beat Legion daily. You're a failure. You'll never be free. You'll never be like the other people in the church. You'll never be set free. You'll never be loose. You'll never have your joy. You'll never have your healing. They beat him. They tormented him. They whipped him. But things were about to change. Just like they had done in Egypt, things were about to turn. Why? How? It was time. Legion fought through all of that. See, in order to be delivered today, you have to desire to be delivered. You have to care enough to not care anymore. I don't care what people think. I don't care where I'm at. I don't care how long I've been in this condition. I care enough, though, to be free today. I want to get to the feet of Jesus. I want to push through all of that. Brother Brown said he cared when the neurotic called Legion cared enough under opposition to wiggle out from under those tombstones of the devils and go out to meet Jesus and throw himself prostrate. When Legion, all them devils would have never come if Legion hadn't pushed his way out there to meet him. And when he cared enough to make that effort, that stand in his belief, Jesus cared enough to cast out the legion of devils from him. And this neurotic condition was gone. He cared when you care. Yes, sir. He cares when you care. See, those demons would have never come. But they had no choice. They had chained themselves to legion. See, the chains that bound legion were the very chains that would now drag those demons into the presence of God. Let me take a detour here for just a second. I tell you, there was a Greek king in ancient times named Mizentius. I'm not Greek, pardon me. He was known to be hateful and cruel. He had no respect for life. He was a great warrior on the battlefield. He's remembered in history as the one who used what was known as the body of death torture as a form of punishment. If you were captured in battle, they would take a corpse, a freshly killed corpse of one of your brothers, and they would chain it to you face to face, hand to hand, foot to foot. And you would be chained to it. And you would be sitting there to where that's all you could see. The prisoner would struggle and try to shake free. But after a while they felt like it was useless. I'm chained to this thing. I'll never be free from this. When you moved, it moved. When you wiggled, it wiggled. And death stood stared you in the face at all times. You would begin to give in to the fact that you were stuck to this corpse face-to-face, staring death right in the face. It weighed you down. It depressed you. And that's exactly what the devil's done to some people with their depression. He chains it to them. With their anxiety, he chains it to them. With their failures, he chains it to them. And that's all you can see is the symptoms. I try to move, Brother Andrew, but all I can see is the sickness I try to move, but it's chained to me. All I see is my failures. All I see is my shortcomings. All I see is death everywhere. I'm not going to be able to get free of it. It was agonizing. You knew you needed to be free. You hated being chained to it. You could see it sucking the life out of you, but what could you do? You were stuck. Satan does that. He chains that depression to you. He chains condemnation to you. He torments you. He plagues you. But there's a difference when it's to a child of God. There's a difference when he changes it to a child of God. Because when the tables turn, when you become the tormentor, when you become the plaguer, now it's not that he's chained to you, but now he's stuck. He's got nowhere to go. He's got nowhere to run. Oh, how is it? Come here, Brother Andrew. That depression grabs a hold of you, and it leads you around, and it guides you everywhere you're going to go, and you can't be free. It's all you see, and maybe you get up enough strength that you say, today we're going to church. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And he's still there, and you're bringing, and you sit down, and you battle, and you fight, and you're not getting much out of the service but the God's calling you, and it's a struggle, but slowly you begin to raise a hand. You begin to worship. You begin to enter in, and he's still fighting. You recognize Jesus is there, and you bring him. You drag that devil. I'll be free. I'll be free. I'll be free, and you come to the feet of Jesus. Oh, he's stuck. Drag him into the presence of God. Fight through. Push through. Fight today. Drag to the presence of God. He's stuck. Hallelujah. Push through today. Drag that demon. Drag that enemy. Turn the tables. It's time. It's time to turn in on the enemy today. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can stay standing. You can stay with me for a second. I'm done, but i got to drive something home. He begs God. He begs Jesus, don't torment. me. Don't do it. He says, why are you doing it before the time? They knew there was a time coming. They knew there was a time coming where man and flesh was supposed to torment them. They said, why are you doing this now before the time? Why are you plaguing me? In other words, why now? What did they mean? What did they mean? Those taskmasters had been tormented by man taking God upon his lips before the excess, where the tables had been turned and the tormentor became the tormentor, became the tormented. Why torment us before the time? Those demons spoke of this time. They knew there was a time coming. They knew there was an hour of torment coming. They knew there was a time that they would be told to go and they would have to go. They just didn't think it was going to be you that done it. They just didn't know it was going to be you that done it. Imagine those demons of depression and fear and anxiety that were cast out every time they met Jesus. And they would look inside those eyes and realize there was something different there. There's something different in there. I don't want no part of that. And here you are walking to work on Monday. Just another person in that demon comes up and he goes, t- nope. Nope, I've seen that before. I've seen that look before. I've ran into him before. He's the tormentor of the devils of hell. Plague Satan. Turn it loose. It's time today. It is time today. It is time I'm done oh my goodness it's time church that demon's been tormenting you no it's time to plague the enemy it's time to turn the tables this morning it's time to press through I hear the devil say right now why are you tormenting me before the time wrong again devil It's time. It's time. I say pour it out. I say pour out every plague. Pour out every right you've been given by Almighty God. Listen, we are here just before the exodus. Take the word upon your lips. Take the word upon your lips and pour it out on the enemy this morning. In the name of Jesus, I tell you today, whatever has been tormenting you, you can be loose from it right now. Drag it into the presence of Almighty God your day of freedom it's time your moment of deliverance is time your moment of your prodigal coming home i say it's time your moment of healing is time that refilling of the holy ghost you've been asking for i say it's time stand up like moses this morning stretch out the name of jesus and call for whatever it is you have need of i say call for it this morning call him on the scene on your behalf he hears the faintest heart cry he came to legion Oh, he came to Legion, and all he said was, Lord, I need you. Surely we can do that this morning, just acknowledge our need for the Lord Jesus. It's time for the bride to recognize where we are, who we are. Take the word of God upon our lips and plague the enemy. I say don't let him enjoy his eating for one moment. Don't let him enjoy it for one second. But I want to torment him until he says, just go. Just get out. I've had enough. It's time to plague the enemy it's time for you today it's time for you today heavenly father today lord i believe it's time lord that we begin to operate exactly how you operated when you were in flesh here on the earth every enemy we meet will be cast down every demon will be cast down. death will be defeated lord we're not leaving here lord a conquered people but we are leaving here as the tormentors we are leaving here as the ones that have turned the table on the enemy standing in the position lord that you gave us Father, you made us this. We didn't make ourselves this. You made us this. You gave us the authority. You're asking us to use it. You're counting on us today. We're your hands. We're your feet. We're your lips. And today we speak the word. We declare freedom in the house of God. We declare victory over the enemy. There is not one that will leave here bound. There will not be one left here still a slave. But today there is freedom in the house of God. Satan, you turn them loose today. We tell you in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you. You can't hold them. You can't have them. These people are blood-bought, blood-washed, sons and daughters of the living God. And today, we are free. We are free. We are free. Oh, it's on its road. It's on its road this morning. Father, we commit it into your hands. Lord, may every person here today under the sound of my voice recognize they don't longer have to be bound. Any chain they have can be broken today. They can still go free in this moment. I think it's time you meet my maker. I think it's time you remember you're under my feet. Satan, you have no rights. You have no hold over these people. We release them from your hold in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In
1: the name of Jesus.
0: Table every chain. You've
1: never given your heart
0: to the Lord Jesus He's here today oh, He's here to save you He's here to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost He'll meet you here today He came here this weekend because it's time He came here for your need For your situation You got things you can't let go of Just drag it into the presence of God one time No, oh, don't be ashamed Don't be afraid The only shame is to have something holding you you Not to move You got something hidden, expose that thing today. Be free in the name of Jesus. Walk out of that prison cell. He's here and he beckons you today. It's time. It's your time. Don't walk away. Don't walk away from him. He's calling at your heart. Oh, hallelujah. If you're where you need to be, praise God. Praise God, I'm thankful for that. But you know where you're at. Be honest with yourself. If you need a moment in his presence, that's all it takes. He's here today to give you that moment in his presence. He's here today, even right at your seat. Just call out to him. Say, Lord Jesus, I have need of you. I have need of you to come by my way, Lord. Move in my life. Set my family free, Lord. Lord, I need a chain broke. Lord, in this moment, right now, in your presence, have your way in my life. He's here. He came here for you. And it's your time to Let him walk. Oh, Jesus,
1: and there is power, in the name of Jesus, oh, there is power. Yeah. Okay. God. I've been set free amazing grace amazing grace I shall
2: amazing grace that extends past what you'd ever imagine that it would extend I tell you we serve a mighty God amen amen and amen I don't know why this song just keeps coming to my mind but it does and it's a homer song You see your brother standing by the way He ought to stop for the same.
1: i are building hopes down here and planning ahead. They're busy with their fortune. They forgot what Jesus said about the wars and earthquakes. The victory, pardon leaves
2: Hallelujah! I'm in that number. Hallelujah. What a number to be a part of. Hallelujah. Have you enjoyed this weekend? Have you enjoyed this weekend? Oh, isn't our Lord Jesus just so wonderful to us? Amen. We cannot thank Brother Aaron Oglesby for coming by our way enough, him and his family, Thank you sister Lydia you make him the king that he is because you are the queen she is she is quite the quite the lady of grace and she's just a she's just a joy if, if you were never around sister Karen you get to meet her in sister Lydia she's she's just a queen she's the queen of the South and I certainly thank the world of, of the family and uh, brother Aaron is, is just a real friend to us but he's been a real blessing to us this weekend and, how many were blessed by Brother Aaron's ministry? Is this okay if we do this again next June? Now well, the vote's in, Brother Aaron. They want you back. <laughs> Amen. Brother Aaron would like to, to greet you and, and uh, shake your hands and just tell you that he's, he's for you and he's fighting with you and you've got a real friend in Brother Aaron. He'd like to shake your hands. Don't give him your life story. But tell him how much you appreciate him. Amen. Amen. As the brothers dismiss you, you'll go back there and shake Brother Aaron's hand. Just, just tell him how much you appreciated him. And it was certainly, it certainly was a privilege to have Brother Aaron come by our way. Amen. God bless you as you go in the name of the, of the Lord. Amen. 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 <clears throat>
1: I'm amazed that you love me. Oh, I.